I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched a Mickey Mouse cartoon called The Moose Hunt, which is also our first cartoon that we have watched featuring Pluto the dog. Who would like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? It's <laughs> so Mickey goes to the woods with his dog Pluto to hunt a moose. That's what I would have said. <laughs> but then I thought you were going to think, oh, that's too yeah. short. I mean, that's the gist of it. Pluto has some dog gags and uh, speaks, and yep. that's uncomfortable for everybody. And there's a moose that chases them at the end. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. There's just some different gags in it, but not not a terribly like interesting plot. That's not really what its focus is. What did we think of this cartoon? Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. It was please, fine. please elaborate, mother. <laughs> it was just disturbing. So much of it was so disturbing. I don't know. Just not a fan. You thought it was fine, though, babe. It was, it was fine. Yeah, I think it was fine. Yeah. Mm. I've seen worse, but you know we needed to watch an early Pluto cartoon. Ugh, and this is what wow. we this is what we got. <laughs> You're so Just enthused. So not a fan. <laughs> so this is the first cartoon to feature Pluto as Mickey's pet. In his previous appearance, 1930s, the picnic that I didn't make you watch, he was called Rover, and he lived with Minnie. Oh so, goodness! Wow. So now wow. he now his actual name is established of Pluto, and that he is Mickey's pet. Okay. This is one of only two cartoons where Pluto speaks out loud. Yeah. That phrasing is important because, unfortunately, it is not only one of two cartoons where Pluto has a voice. Ah. Because there's ones where he has thoughts or like an angel and devil situation mm. and mm-hmm. it gets worse my friends oh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> this short also features a rare gag breaking the fourth dimension uh when mickey accidentally shoots pluto he addresses the audience with is there a doctor in the house and this sort of self-conscious audience gag was would remain a rarity at disney they didn't do a whole lot of that but it would become a staple gag at warner brothers one especially once tex avery joined the studio breaking the fourth wall yeah and that interesting because yeah. uh, Critical Role had a little thing with that, and I I didn't know what breaking the fourth wall was. I had to look that up. I should know from my for people background. like Mom who don't know what breaking the fourth wall is. It is basically when a character in a fictional work basically acknowledges the artifice of the work that they're in, and in some way, like references that there is something outside it it could be talking about the thing as if it is a show or whatever like acknowledging that it's that it could be directly addressing the audience like mickey did here there's kind of different ways that it can form but it's basically like this acknowledgement of their of this being a piece of media and there being maybe people outside or just this not be the only reality sort of thing and it uh comes from the uh, from stage plays, mm-hmm. how, you know, you have the back wall, you have the side walls that have curtains where the, the people go when they're not on stage. And the fourth wall is what the audience is looking through. It's not 
there. There's not actually a wall. So it's breaking the fourth wall is looking out into the audience sort of thing. There we go. Yeah, great explanation. Thank you. But yeah, Disney doesn't hasn't done a lot of this up to this point and will continue to not really do a lot of this. It's not really... Not really their style of humor in general, but uh, Looney Tunes and stuff, that's super big uh, with what they do. And Tex also brings that to like the MGM studio once he moves over there and does like Droopy Dog and some of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's just a big style of his humor. Also, at just FYI, at this point, Tex Avery is working uh, for Walter Lance making Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where he's at. <laughs> um, he uh, Warner Brothers has started making cartoons, but I do not believe Tex is over there yet. So would you like to get specific? Yes, let's get specific. All right. Would you like to specifically know why I'm not a fan of this? Uh-huh, sure, go for it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Not a fan of Pluto's style. I did not like his neck. That bothered me. That's It's just very, very thin. Yeah, it's just very thin. Looks yuck. Uh, and even like when he turned it. Didn't like the fleas that kept being on him. Ugh, she was. was so upset by the fleas. <laughs> yeah, because they kept getting off, but then they'd get back on him. And it's like, no, um, no, I think what I just disliked the most. One is I, I didn't like the whole theme of hunting, but also just the blatant, horrible lack of safety, gun safety. But just, I don't know, just, just the premise with... Just shooting willy-nilly, you know, Pluto supposedly initially, well, you don't know if he actually was shot. You know, you. I knew as an audience member, even though that's like, there's no way they're going to actually shoot Pluto. But, um, and then with the moose, and then just even with the, the ending, with the, you know, the exit and, and Pluto flying away, there was just so much that was just like, okay. It didn't work for your no. sense of humor. Yeah, it just, I think the biggest reason, I mean, I, I could have maybe lived with it. It would have been like, eh. I would have been maybe like y'all like, eh, it was okay. But the talking and the yeah. things that he said, just like, oh, that just like, that was the, the nail in the coffin. It was just like. Pluto first, does make uh, a mammy joke. So Pluto joke, problematic. And then, and, then, and then kind of like kiss me and just all of the things he said. You're were like, just Pluto, disturbing. stop talking. Yeah, it was just. And, and he sounded too. I don't know how, how you would sound if you were talking dog, but in more recent iterations that we've seen it sounded like bark talking or something like that whereas this was just straight out talking and that's what was so disturbing and he did a lot of like regular barking but then yeah there were just the moments where he said like words yeah (laughs) and again it wasn't even like a bark talk it was just straight out talk yeah blurring the lines between what is animal and what is people animal in this universe Goofy doesn't even exist yet, but we're already in this uncanny valley of, is this weird that Mickey has a dog like this? Because it can talk. Yeah. But they they figure out pretty quick, because again, this is one of two cartoons where he speaks out loud. They figure out pretty quick that Pluto just straight up talking is just, it's not the aesthetic they want to go for. Yeah. I hope audience told him, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt audiences were that discerning. It was probably more a matter of them just kind of figuring out what the approach was and what they felt worked better comedically and stuff. Yeah. Anything else with story characters that you want to talk about? Mickey's just Mickey in this. Um, Oh, I think one of the retro reviews, like people from more modern days, retroactively reviewing this cartoon, I I think it mentioned basically that this is 
sort of the first sign of the trajectory of Mickey Mouse in Mickey Mouse cartoons of kind of Mickey's comedic moments are not at the fore in this. Pluto's are. And Mickey kind of steadily transitions into being kind of like they're the, the straight man or the kind of like friend who's there who has wacky friends that are the actual like main source of comedy in the shorts. Um, and that that's just it's kind of like Mickey's becoming more and more boring, for lack of a letter, better word, like more and more like the face of a company, <laughs> um, which this is like very early on. So that's not like super pronounced, but this is kind of the first signs of it where like. This is more arguably a Pluto cartoon than it is a Mickey cartoon uh, that eventually becomes super, super true where like there'll be Mickey, Mickey Mouse cartoons. And it's literally just like a Pluto cartoon that Mickey happens to be in. <laughs> um, but right now, it right now, like Mickey still has gags. He's like stumbling and falling and he's like doing different things. He has the is there a doctor in the house? Like Mickey is still doing things. But this is sort of the first kind of sign of where these cartoons are ultimately going <laughs> with this character, which is sort of this like lack of knowing what to do with him as he becomes the prominent figure of Walt Disney. I, I think also part of the problem is just that Mickey never had like a clear cut. What is his personality? Pluto is sort of the first character introduced to this universe that has a pretty clear idea of what Pluto is and what sort of gags you do around it. Pluto is a dog. So Pluto reacts to situations like a dog, you know, like that sort of they can build a lot of jokes around that with just this basic premise. And that's why Goofy and Donald end up working so well. It's because Goofy is like this dummy. He's like Goofy and he just gets into shenanigans because he's lanky and tall and awkward and a dummy. Mm -hmm. And Donald gets mad at everything. <laughs> like they have like these basic personality templates that really easily spawns gags to go with them. And just more and more as this goes on, the, the question of what is Mickey, what gags spawn off of him, just more and more kind of becomes, we don't really know, unfortunately. That or, well, he was kind of like a, a trickster guy, but like, we can't show him doing that anymore. Yeah. Like they have to minimize some of his original traits. I yeah, think. a lot of his a lot of his prickler traits just kind of end up going into the other characters cuz cuz it's like he needs to be like the nice squeaky mouse, <laughs> you know, like it's interesting. I do like sweet Mickey though. Oh, I I think so too and I think I think there's a certain lack of creative vision for Mickey as time went on. Like I think that a sweet version of him can still easily be used for some fun comedic gags and stuff. Uh, but they just, if it, it felt it's, it starts to eventually feel more like uh, some of these animators view it as a chore rather than like a source of inspiration. So, well, and you know, sadly I've Mickey has always been one of my favorites from current because I think the way I envision Mickey or what Mickey's always been for me is the sweet but smart kind of ethical little glue that holds the troop together. And so I, I feel like, you know, he's, yeah, even though he might not be the one doing the gags and all, he's kind of like the sensible one. He's kind of like the, for lack of a better word, the moral compass for the group and kind of the leader and just kind of helps 
you know, make sure everyone's okay and make sure the ultimate goal is reached. I don't know. That's how I've always kind of envisioned him. Anything else with story characters? Let's go on to animation. And the main note that I have here is that, as you might have noticed, but maybe you didn't because it's been a while since we recorded, um, animation from the Chain Gang was recycled in this cartoon at one point, uh, particularly where Pluto uh, is sniffing around near the camera. He's like following the flea that got off of him and he's near the tree and like that movement or whatever. Like he suddenly looks a lot more like the proto Plutus from the Chain Gang than he looks like Pluto because it's just recycling that animation. Yeah, I didn't notice. Gosh, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I think the, uh, for, compared to other animation of the time, like, this is, this is good animation, uh, Disney more and more is, like, the ones that have the budget to have the best looking animation as far as just technical proficiency. Uh, yeah, like, it's, uh, whatever we think of the style now, the animation quality compared to the animation quality of the day is objectively good. It doesn't do a whole, whole lot for me. Um, there's definitely... There's some recycled animation, like I talked about. There's some just, like, looping the animation a little too much, particularly, like, the the where they're running away from the moose, and the moose's antler, like, keeps pinching them. Yeah. They did that, like, one or two more times than was it all entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it, it's fine. It doesn't... There's not a lot about it that makes me want to come back to it, but it's it's fine. I was impressed with... Not only the movement with the running, the sniffing around, but then going in the water, shaking off the fleas, fleas getting back on, and even Pluto going out of the water and shaking off the water droplets, and then another time just like going into the water and back out. It, it was nice and smooth and realistic, even though this was still in black and white. It, it looked good. I feel like, well, I think we've talked before about how um Walt Disney himself was was kind of studying live action film and stuff and trying to bring some of that to his cartoons and I feel like this cartoon doesn't show a whole lot of it it feels very kind of on a 2D plane where they're either going right or left and not mm. like not like a lot of variance there my guess is this wasn't necessarily a cartoon that had like a lot of time and effort put into it so much as just another cartoon in the line of things. And they were probably more than anything just focused on how to utilize this new Pluto character. So yeah, I mean, it looks fine. I did like uh, Pluto's animation, like the lines that showed his interest or concern uh, when he was sniffing around the uh, Scarecrow. Mm. I enjoyed that scene. Yeah. No, like, yeah, how to character animate a dog, basically. Yeah. Like, they're they're figuring that out. <laughs> in terms of voice acting, Pluto in this short is voiced by Pinto Kolvik, who would remain the character's main performer until the 1960s, and would also go on to be the main voice of Goofy. Uh, we have also seen him already in films such as Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, uh, where he voiced Sleepy and Grumpy, and the the uh, 1939 Gulliver's Travels, where he voiced Gabby, everyone's oh, favorite character. Oh, okay, okay. I don't even dwarves. remember who was Gabby. Dwarves. <laughs> uh, Gabby was the redheaded little piece of crap oh, that yeah. talked all the time in that. But yeah, that we in, in we that movie. Yeah, I I think I blocked it out of my memory <laughs> valid it's a valid response to that oh wait was this the it was not the one with the live action 
Yeah, I, I honestly think the animated one is more fully just blocked out of yeah, because it's because it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he he Pinto Kolvig is the long-standing uh, voice of Pluto and Goofy. He, there, there's a period, and I think the 1940. I forget exactly when the period is, um, but there's a period where he um, breaks away from Disney um, and is not voicing Goofy. And those Goofy shorts don't really have Goofy talk. And actually, I believe it is because of this that we start getting those Goofy shorts where a narrator is talking to him. And it's the art of whatever, as the narrator's like talking about how to... Like, the art of skiing. How to ski. And then Goofy mm. is, like, responding to that without talking, really. But, like, he's doing uh, he's doing his different antics badly. He's doing this, the thing badly. But eventually, Pinto came back and, and then resumed doing Goofy, even during those shorts and stuff. <laughs> um, I don't think he... That, that famous Goofy yell, I do not believe is Pinto. I think that is, like, a sound effect that they got. <laughs> back back in the day of like a of a like a yodeler or something like that. Uh, I'll, when we eventually get to that short, I will let you know for sure. But I don't believe that's Penta. Mm, okay. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Uh, Pluto shouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't. And Especially. he definitely yeah. should not say mammy. For he what? should not for put what? his arms out and say mammy. No. Um, so yeah, that happened. That's a racist thing. I think we've, we have definitely talked about it before. It's going to continue to pop up. Not so, not too terribly much. I don't think in Disney cartoons going forward, they, they definitely kind of phase that out, but Warner brothers will continue to love that for, I don't know, probably the next 15 or 20 years of their creation of shorts. Ridiculous. It's really upsetting, not just because it is a racist joke, but it's like, Guys, guys, this isn't, you keep doing it. It's not funny. I'm sure there's like a full generation of like, why is this here? Yeah, it's, um, they hold on to that for way too long. It's a bad look. (sighs) It is a bad look. Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers and Disney both have lots of problematic stuff in their past that they don't like to talk about and in their shorts and I'm sure in, in their movies and stuff too, but like, Warner Brothers, it feels like, really clung on to that stuff a lot longer than Disney did. Which is, you know, Disney's trying to have this more squeakier, clean image. But still, it's just like, it's a bad look, Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was, was like, uh, Warner Brothers, we're not your mother's cartoons. Like, honestly, and honestly, part of edgy. it is, I mean, part of it is also just... Is it the... Tex Avery... Yeah, yeah. ...is racist. Yeah. Tex Avery is like a blessing and a curse because he is the one who starts making Warner Brothers cartoons entertaining at all, but also he's racist. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, just this one person who's like, ha, that's funny. Yeah. Let's put it in this one. And he's certainly not... Pretty much all of them, even Chuck Jones, they were racist. Chuck Jones had a series of cartoons about a little black boy named Inky. Like... They were all racist. It's just sort of like the extent to which some of them focused on that. Tex Avery was one of the biggest offenders. Um, You know, it is what it is. And we will talk about that more when we actually get to it, because we're really not there too much now. But uh, there is a gross mammy joke in here. And then even the other two times where Pluto talks, it's like, just don't. 
Yeah. Pluto I mean, talking just, does just, not hold up. Just creepy. Just no, and and creepy. it's like yeah, they're figuring out the humor of this character, and like they eventually figure out that like Pluto needs to stay a dog, mm-hmm. especially once you start having Goofy, who is also a dog. Like you need to differentiate <laughs> these two, you know. Well, and to me, another thing that does not hold up are animals hunting other animals. That just I'm That's sorry disturbing. to say, Mom, this is not going to change know, anytime but soon. but it's just disturbing. In Disney like or Warner Brothers or yeah. MGM, they yeah. will keep doing it. I know. Yeah. I just don't like it, though. I just... One is I think hunt- even droopy dog hunts like turkeys. Like you got, yeah. they just are going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to like understand that in these animators' minds, Mickey Mouse isn't a mouse unless they're making a short explicitly about how he's a mouse. Otherwise, he's basically just a human. Yeah, like they don't. It's separated in their minds. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, there's a there. We'll get to it in 1936 or 37. But there's a Mickey, Donald, and Pluto short that's also about moose hunting, and I loved that short as a kid, and I will probably still like it now. So, like, hunting just isn't gonna go away. Hunting, I think, is not. I'm a not good thing to hold up. Oh, I'm not like <laughs> yeah. defending hunting. Yeah, as no. a practice, uh, I do defend its use in old cartoons just because there's some funny <laughs> cartoons <laughs> featuring yeah. it. Oh, uh, but you know. Yeah. Elmer Fudd is like constantly a hunter. That's yes, his whole thing. Yes, yeah. And Warner Brothers actually does take into account that Bugs is a bunny because Elmer's trying to kill him because even as Bugs becomes more and more human. Too many tangents in this one. But yeah, this doesn't, it holds up okay overall, but the Pluto stuff is, is still rough. They're figuring it out. There's some parts like him sniffing the scarecrow and stuff that's like showing kind of, yeah, where they're going to go with Pluto and what works uh, with the character. But any of the times where Pluto talks does not work. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite part of the short? Probably when Pluto was racist. Yep. Mm-hmm. And qu- uh, shortly followed by the other two times that Pluto spoke. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think in order, it would be, uh, obviously, the racist joke was the worst one. Then the third one, because I don't even really remember it. And then Kiss Me. Because Kiss Me is almost funny with how weird it is. But then it's like, Pluto shouldn't be doing this. What was your favorite moment in the cartoon? Oh. <laughs> I know the part where you laugh the most. Yeah. I, was, I think this is it. Where uh, Mickey was like, shake. And then uh, Pluto put out his hand to shake. And then uh, Mickey went to go shake it, and P- Pluto pulled it back. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's tricky. I like it. <laughs> that's not the part where you laughed the most, though. Do you remember uh, where you laughed the most? Which one? It was the end of the cartoon when they were oh. running from the moose, and Pluto's ears started flapping, and then Mickey like picked him up, and they started sailing over the cliff. Yeah, you, was- you got like there was a guffaw from Valerie over here. It took me a sec to realize, oh, that was a runway, and now he's a plane. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> My, I, I, I wasn't a fan of that, but I, <laughs> but I, I think it's fine. We, we cover a spectrum here. Yes. I know. Um, so my favorite part was probably uh, Pluto sniffing the, um, the scarecrow because it just, I thought that was cute. I, I think so bad. too. It is very indicative of the style of humor that I don't enjoy in Pluto cartoons. And yet it, it was also like the most where I was like, oh, there's Pluto. So, probably that. Who was your least favorite character of the many characters? There's literally, like, three. The fleas, There's mi- no. Okay, no, you know what? Counts. You know what? Yeah, no. The fleas Mickey, count, okay. Pluto, fleas, and the moose. Okay, fleas. Ugh, because, yeah. 
The moose, maybe? I don't know. I agree with the fleas. I'm, I know that I've been joking on you, Mom. I personally am also very disgusted every time the fleas get back on Pluto. I just <laughs> am not, like, vocalizing it and being, like, as over the top about it as you were throughout our watching experience. Because <laughs> he would get away from the fleas. It is and then upsetting. he would do something and they would all get back on. I was like, no. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in this short? I mean, probably Mickey, because he doesn't make a racist joke, but and he's, he's kind like of bumbling all around the, with the gun. He's, he's like shooting. bumbling and fumbling, and he does not know gun safety. But it is kind of fun, re- funny for me to watch. I particularly like the part where where he's actually confronted with the moose, and he points his gun at it, but he's like shaking, and his gun just literally falls, falls apart, apart. Yes. because he's shaking so bad. I, I and and him crying over Pluto and asking if there's a doctor in the house. Yeah, I liked Mickey in this. I don't really think I have a favorite character. So is that all that we're gonna get from you? <laughs> the fleas are your favorites. <laughs> now you're just saying that to be mean. Yeah. Mom, who's your favorite character? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mickey too because I, it would have been Pluto, but his his talking and all of that just was too disturbing. So Mickey, Pluto problematic and canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into our overall consensus and what we would rate it. I would not recommend it. Unless you're watching for historical purposes, if you like, want to see the earliest like Pluto, you can skip uh, the picnic because he's not even in it very much, and his name is Rover, so technically it's not even Pluto. I would watch this one, uh, but it's not like a great cartoon. We didn't. We only watched it because it's like an early Pluto short, not because I think it's good. I also would not recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It was. It wasn't the worst thing, but it it wasn't good. Agreed. Yeah, I guess I will go a 1.5. I'm just going to go one. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say 1.5 buried skunks. Oh. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, let's bring this back. (laughs) I'm just going to go one because the animation I, I thought was good, but just the content just bothered me too much that... That just knocked it down a lot for me. One what? What's your measurement? I have one in my head for you. She had buried skunks. So what's your measurement? Oh, one. I don't want to say pile of fleas. I was going to say flea. (laughs) You can just say one single flea. One flea. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it 1.5 Mickey tripping and firing his guns. (laughs) (laughs) 1.5 misfires. Yes. Okay. Fortunately, non-lethal misfire. Yes. <laughs> Mickey. Um, thank you all for listening. Next time, we will watch um, a talk cartoon short with Betty Boop in it that is considered, by at least one publication, one of the best cartoons of all time. Okay. Wow. And okay. I enjoy it quite a bit. I am looking forward to, to a good short. I hope you will think so. Join us next time. Thank y'all. Thank you. Bye. 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 This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals two seven nine zero five six six. 
Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Do you have to be difficult every time? (laughs) This isn't every time. I don't know. It's a lot, though.